Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kasservitz. This is our weekly look at the Kansas City Royals. I am joined, as I am each week, by Jeffrey Flanagan. And uh, Jeffrey, uh, the Royals have been a real team of extremes this season. Uh, kind of sway back and, and forth, but uh, they're in a real good stretch right now. They've won eight of their last nine as we record this going into Monday's game. They have outscored their opponents 53-23 to 23 in that span. What is going on with the Royals here lately? <laughs> well, I think it all starts with uh, starting pitching, actually. Uh, it kind of turned around. There was a Saturday uh, in Chicago coming off that dreadful road trip where they you talk about extremes. They had lost eight straight. And suddenly Danny threw six shutout innings, struck out ten guys, and uh, they won that game. And suddenly uh, everybody, the rest of the starting staff, started kind of piggybacking off of that. And the next day Ventura threw his great outing. And it's just been one after another, and they're eight and two since then. And uh, have got back within uh, half a game of Cleveland. Uh, that included a sweep of the Indians uh, here earlier this week. So, uh, And they're getting some timely hitting, too. And that, I think, coincides with uh, having Whit Merrifield uh, – being put in the leadoff spot, uh, they're also eight and two since then. So, a lot of uh, interesting things developing there. Um, just Ken, guys like Kendris Morales have picked it up. Um, they're playing good defense. Uh, uh, just uh, this is the team I think that Ned Yost and Dayton Moore expected to see coming out of spring training. Yeah, let's harp on Merrifield a little bit because you mentioned the move to leadoff spot and how well that's gone the last week and a half or so. And you know, it was something that. Uh, uh, avoided for the longest time was taking Alcides Escobar out of the leadoff spot because they've been so successful with that arrangement um, to, despite Escobar's struggles to start the season. But what went into the decision to, to give such a prominent spot to a guy with, uh, you know, so little major league time? <laughs> well, if you ask Ned about it, he'll kind of bristle about it because he doesn't like to talk about lineup or batting orders, stuff like that, especially when it comes to Esky. But uh, they were just in a position where, look, they had gone during that ugly stretch uh, eight straight they had gone like six games and scored only four runs and you know basically every game was starting off with Esky you know popping out or something like that and I think they just had to do something and, and Whit Merrifield uh, at the time that he's been here in the 28 games what they've seen is he can handle the bat well he he uh, works pitchers uh, basically you know a lot of things that Esky really doesn't do at the leadoff spot uh, you know Whit doesn't have a lot of walks right now but he's hitting 333 uh, and, and like Esky when he gets on base he, he can you know, Ron, he can steal a base. He can go first to third, uh, a lot of things like that. He can bunt. Um, uh, 
he's just kind of basically your prototypical leadoff hitter, um, and they just they look like a different lineup when he's at the top spot. We're learning more about Merrifield too. I, I didn't know the story about his dad, Bill. Uh, played six years in the minor leagues, gets called up one day by the Pirates and told he's going to uh, be in the starting lineup, and then there's a rain delay, and during the rain delay, the Pirates make the decision to uh, send him back down. He never made it back up to the major league. Uh, but, but a little bit moon, moonlight like Graham there, huh? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, but yeah, just just speaking generally, you, you talk about a. I mean, this is the kind of thing you need uh, to to have a, a season of contention because not everything is going to go according to plan. I mean, you need a guy like Whit Merrifield to maybe not come totally out of nowhere because he did have a, a strong spring, but um, to deliver the kind of impact he does uh, after being you know kind of an under the radar guy. Yeah, and and actually, uh, I'm uh, just finished up a story on Witt and what really turned his uh, baseball career around last year. Um, I'd written about it in spring training. You know, he was the guy who went on this bizarre conditioning uh, <laughs> regimen where he had seven meals a day and nine eggs for breakfast, and uh, you know, worked out three times a day, and actually put on 20 pounds of muscle uh, in his upper body and and his and his legs too, and and the other big factor for him is he completely revamped his uh, hitting approach uh, and uh, became a top-hand release guy. He worked all offseason with Father Bill, who he calls his own personal hitting coach, and, and they did that off the tee, you know, batting practice three, four times a week. And, and what he found out right away, and I don't want to give away the whole story, but, I mean, he's got so much more pop now because he's getting backspin on balls and they're traveling further and he was on pace, actually, before he got called up to have a 20-plus homer season at Omaha. Uh, and you wouldn't think that out of a guy that size, but he does, you know, he's a compact 190 pounds, and uh, he's already hit two homers here, and one, you know, cleared the bullpen and left. So he, you can see that kind of pop now that he's got with this new swing, too. And uh, just, you're right. I mean, just a very pleasant surprise. You need those. And a guy that loved out of spring training, he wasn't on the 40-man. But here's the other thing, interesting, Anthony. He was not protected in the uh, Rule 5 draft uh, last December. Yeah, a lot of teams uh, probably kicking themselves about that, um, you know, especially that position, uh, really any infield position, if you can get this kind of production. And, and then out of that spot specifically, out of the leadoff spot, really a, a great uh, great storyline for the Royals here in 2016 with Merrifield. Uh, another uh, improving storyline is Kendrick Morales. You know, it was easy to kind of dump on him all year. He got off to such a brutal start. Uh, he's got an eight-game hitting streak currently. He's batting 400 with uh, two homers, two doubles, and 10 RBI in those eight games. It seems like uh, Morales is starting to put it together. Yeah, he really is, and, and a lot of those are coming left-handed too, which is really a, you know, a pleasant thing for the Royals coaching staff to see. And uh, You know, I think a lot of it with Kendris, though, too, is uh, balls are just finding holes now that weren't finding holes earlier. Um, he's He's been hitting the ball hard, at, you know, pretty much not all the time. Of course, it's not all bad luck, but uh, he, he was hitting the ball hard, and when he did, it would be outs or somebody would make a fantastic play on him. Uh, you've seen the Indians, I think, rob him twice. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable plays up the middle from Lindor. So, you know, it, some of those balls are finding holes now. Um, you know, on Saturday, he hit a big double down the line, and uh, that maybe three weeks ago would have been caught or something like that. So, but. They need his bat in the middle of the order. Um, they need that production they got out of him last year when you know, he had over 100 RBIs, um, especially without Alex Gordon, especially without Mike Moustakis. They have to have Kenneth Morales uh, be himself. Absolutely. Um, so, Jeffrey, since we last spoke, uh, some major news where the Royals are concerned was the desi- uh, designation of Omar Infante, and it's something that 
kind of saw coming uh, the last couple weeks as, as Merrifield uh, asserted himself in the middle of the uh, infield. Um, but, you know, there was a time where it would have been inconceivable for, for the Royals, a small market team like the Royals, to, to eat $14 million uh, the way they are with Infante. But I, I think it speaks to, obviously, you know, kind of how he fell down the depth chart and, and of course, their rise in, uh, in relevance and, and ability to do that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's hard for any team to keep a third-string second baseman on their 25-man yeah. roster, which really what he fell down to. And uh, you may have witnessed his last uh, moment as a Royal was in Cleveland when he failed to turn mm-hmm. double play uh, in the eighth inning. And that's the last time we saw him in the starting lineup, as a matter of fact. Uh, and it was just it was a game that cost him. It was the beginning of the eight-game slide. Um, and he just, for some reason, uh, you know, he just wasn't the same player he was two or three years ago. Uh, and it, Strangely, he had the surgery off season, and, and in spring training, his arm strength looked fine, but it just deteriorated as the season went on. It, his skill set uh, deteriorated, and you know, I talked to some of the Royals people about it, and you know, he's had 15 years, I guess, in the big leagues now, and, and it just you, as a player, you just get to a point maybe where you hit a wall, and he definitely did that. He he wasn't awful offensively, but he wasn't good either. So, uh, and if you can't play good defense on this team, the, they have no. Spot for you, but I would love to have heard the conversation between Dayton and David Glass on how that went. Uh, but obviously, it went okay because uh, you know Dayton was able to convince ownership to, to eat the salary and they move on. And, and, and you need that roster spot, and they got it. And uh, they've got a second baseman now who's dynamic, and uh, all things going good moving forward. It's almost become you know you, you brought that up, and I, I almost forgot that that happened because there's been so many other things developing with the Royals and Ventura and stuff like that. It, you almost forget that Omar was released. Yeah, and I was going to mention Ventura here next, but I, I think that, you know, for your point uh, about Dayton's conversation with, with David Glass, I'm sure it's an easier conversation after two straight AL pennants in the World Series than uh, absolutely otherwise. Uh, you, you got some, uh, you got some cloud. And, 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 and they just went over a million, a million in attendance to uh, yeah, they took yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So Yordano's appeal uh, goes through. He gets the suspension knocked down from nine games to eight, and uh, put the Royals in a good strategic spot. Yeah, they, they uh, obviously they knew this. They had this planned out all along because they have two off days this week, Monday and Thursday, uh, with Yordano pitching uh, over the weekend. Um, they could start a suspension on on Saturday, and they won't really. They can just skip. They won't have to skip a beat because. Uh, They'll stick with a four-man rotation throughout. Ventura can come back on the 28th, I believe, against the Cardinals here at Coffin Stadium. So they don't have to go search for a fifth starter, a spot starter during that stretch. Uh, just keep their four-man rotation intact, and Ventura picks it up uh, against the Cardinals here. Uh, one last thing, Jeffrey. I see uh, Alex Gordon is about to go out on a rehab assignment. What is the status? Uh, you know, what is his timetable looking like? Yeah, he went out to, on Sunday. He went down to Northwest Arkansas. He'll play with them uh, for three more days, um, and then Northwest Arkansas goes on the road, and he'll probably play three or four more games with uh, Omaha, who will be home by then. Uh, Ned's kind of looking for 20 to 25 ABs for Alex down there. He had a double, I think, in his first at bat. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, I, I think he might be ready for the Cardinals series uh, starting on the 27th. Uh, or 28th, I guess it is. One of those days. Sorry, uh, but he's not far away. I'd say within the, within a week. All right. So the Royals uh, getting closer to having their their lineup back intact. Obviously, they won't get Mike Stocks back this season, but getting uh, Alex Gordon back will be huge for them. 
In the meantime, I want to thank you all for tuning in and thank Jeffrey Flanagan for joining us. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.